You're listening to the TV Sports Radio Show. Welcome back to the TV Sports Radio Show with another awesome week. It is playoff week in both the NBA and NHLs with uh, both of those playoffs in full swing uh, and the MLB going at full swing as well. With me, as always, is my main man, Dylan Holt. Dylan, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic, Dylan. It's been an exciting week in the world of sports. So many things going on everywhere and anywhere. I'm excited to get to talking about it today. Absolutely. Same here. Uh, me and Dylan might have the same name, but we're not in the same spot in terms of where our teams are at in this point in the year. Uh, he's obviously got the Memphis Grizzlies doing their doing their thing in the NBA playoffs and the Nashville Predators doing their thing as well. Uh, but we'll get into that in a little bit later. Uh, reminder to follow us on Spotify so you get updated every time we upload a new episode. Uh, we are going to get into the MLB season as the second month, month of May wraps up. We'll dive into our NHL playoff takes as uh, the first round gets wrapped up, as well as get into this week in sports with the PGA Championship last week, and as well as looking forward to another weekend of playoff matchups in both the NBA and the NHL. But we're going to start off with the NBA. It's been a it's been a fun first round thus far and probably one of the most competitive first rounds uh, that we've seen in a long time and really puts it uh, uh, really has put us in a point where I think it's the most wide open NBA playoffs we've seen uh, in, in a very long time. Dylan, what have your, been your thoughts as the first round matchups have uh, gotten underway in the NBA? Well, first off, I want to apologize to the Memphis Grizzlies because last week we were preparing for the Memphis Golden State game. That game was for the eighth seed. And I said, you know, it's great that Memphis is here. They're getting experience in games that matter. And I said, it's probably in the best interest for the Grizzlies to maybe maybe lose, have a great outing in San Francisco. But, you know, go home, get a lottery pick, and just retool, be back here next season. I was completely wrong. The – the Grizzlies went into San Francisco last Friday, put on an absolute show, um, went right at the Warriors and Steph Curry. And uh, the kind of the talk was that Ja Morant couldn't hit threes going into that game. And Ja Morant kind of showed everyone why he's a legitimate point guard in this league and a legit uh, rising star, hit five threes against the Warriors. They beat him at their own game and earned the eight seed to advance to take on the Jazz in the first round, who are the best record in the NBA, number one seed overall, and win to Utah on Saturday night – or Sunday night, excuse me, and surprised everyone and came away with a huge upset victory, put them up 1-0 in the series. And then last night in game two, it looked like they were kind of dead in the water going into halftime, came out uh, from the break and just ran wild in Utah, made a huge comeback, coming down from 20 points 
to cut the lead down to two at one point, I believe. And they, they were never able to get the lead back or, uh, or really take control from there. But they showed a lot of fight, especially from an eight seed going into a place like Utah that they've been so good for quite a few years now with great players. Donovan Mitchell played last night for the first time in 18 games, which was a huge addition for them. And uh, I think that even though the Jazz won last night, everyone's talking about the Grizzlies and Ja Morant. Ja scored 47 points, which is the most points ever in a playoff game for a Memphis Grizzly, which it's his second playoff game ever. So that's incredible. Um, And he scored between game one and game two, he scored 73 points in his first two playoff games. That's the most since George Mikan in 1949. And he scored 75 in his first two playoff games. So I, I think everyone's just blown away by John Morant and the kind of big week he's had. Um, other things that stood out to me, I've had a ton of fun watching Dallas and the Clippers. That series, I did not expect to be 2-0 in favor of Dallas sitting here going into game three. I kind of expe- expected it to be a tight series because Luke is a superstar. He's shown that since he walked into the league. But he's just going right at Kawhi and Paul George and just just dominating pretty much. And they're going back to Dallas with a big chip on their shoulder and trying to get to the next round. Uh, and then the other series that I've really, really enjoyed watching uh, was the Knicks in Atlanta. Seeing MSG just popping and being such a fun place. It feels – I saw someone say it felt like sports are finally back because we've dealt with the uh, limited crowds or no crowds for so long. And just seeing MSG popping – for the for a playoff game for the first time since 2013 is insane, and they got that big win last night to tie the series up. And I don't know, it just it's so much fun. Uh, the NBA playoffs, especially this first week and weekend, it's just a blast to see all that's going on. Uh, what have been your big takeaways so far? Yeah, I absolutely agree uh, with most of what you said there. Uh, just. Quickly on the Knicks, it's I think we said it a couple of weeks ago. Basketball or the NBA is just better when the Knicks are good, and the first round has already proved it. Uh, the back and forth that the fans have had with Trey Young, I know it got a little bit worse yesterday with a, a fan being banned from MSG, but uh, I I love the just atmosphere that MSG brings to a, a playoff environment. So uh, you gotta love that series. One of the most evenly matched series, but that like I said in my lead up is that all of these matchups have become very evenly matched and very wide open and really could go either way. Uh, the Mavericks are the only team with a two, a lead or other than the Nets, but uh, the only team with two, a lead and they could really conceivably upset that, that Clippers team. Uh, and it could be really tough for Kawhi and Paul George to dig themselves out of that kind of gap with their couple of years in a row now struggling in the playoffs and not getting it done in the postseason since they put the put together that team it's just hasn't seemed to work out obviously uh could change all that by winning two games on the road at Dallas but that's going to be a lot really tough Luca and Kristaps are playing really well down there so I've been watching that uh John Morant obviously has proved himself as a, a legit superstar already in this league uh which is just awesome to see uh he kind of always bordered on that, you know, is he just a very exciting player or could he be a consistent star player on a team? And it's, it's already, you know, he's burst through that door. If he's one of those guys where you just put the ball in his hands and you expect him to do exactly what you need to win. Uh, and that's what he almost did 
in that game two matchup. And it's going to be a lot of fun watching Utah with Donovan Mitchell back. Uh, that, that series has become one must watch basketball. And then obviously tonight with LeBron and the Lakers coming back for game three, uh, dropping game one, coming back and winning game two, that series has, you know, with the Lakers being favored to start the start the series, everyone thought, you know, maybe the Suns really weren't the team that everyone thought they were. Come out, beat LeBron and AD, hold them under eighty point or under ninety points in the first game, and and do a great job not only scoring but playing defense on that team. So, I think that series is going to be really interesting to watch. And and that's the thing. I think every time that there's NBA basketball on right now, it's, it's an interesting game and an interesting series because all of these teams are so close to one another. And I think that only gets better as we go forward uh, past the first round. Uh, Not often I'm this excited for first round matchups the way I am with this playoff run. Uh, And it's wide open. I don't see a favorite right now. Uh, The Lakers probably would have been my favorite coming in, but I don't know. Uh, uh, if they're really uh, the true favorites anymore. Oh, definitely not. And I think there's a series that's kind of going under the radar for a lot of people. It's Denver and Portland. And I, I feel like we're seeing like a lot of chatter about all these other series that we've talked about already. But this Denver-Portland matchup, it's tied up 1-1, and they're going to Portland uh, tonight to play game three. And it's kind of an interesting because like both games, they were tight throughout game one and game two. And the fourth quarter, Denver pulled away in uh, game one and the Portland game pulled away in game two. Uh, it's interesting, that dynamic of, well, is someone going to have a better night tonight? And how will that carry on throughout the series? Uh, we know what Dame does when it gets to Dame time. Uh, that's always fun to watch. I'm sure we'll at least get one of those games coming up, probably in Port- Portland because he seems to thrive when he's at home. Um, and something about Ja – it's fun to see because I went to college with Ja, was there for two years with him at Murray State. It's fun to see this progression of a kid that was a starting point guard as a freshman at Murray State University and getting the experience in an OVC school coming up. He he stepped up big time in uh, the conference tournament as a freshman. And we're like, whoa, this kid might be special. And then Murray State advanced the NCAA tournament. We won the OVC championship. Went to the NCAA tournament, played West Virginia, who had Javon Carter and all these just massive post players that were way oversized Murray State. And it was amazing to see a freshman that was on a mostly upperclassman team step up and play a huge role. Javon Carter, who many considered to be the best defensive player in the country that year, was like, that kid's special. And then he blew up from there. We played against Alabama the next year, and he scored 38 points. And then flash forward to 2021. and you turn on the TV and you see someone talking about John Morant. It's really, really cool. And I, I think going beyond that, that's kind of been a theme of this first round as we're getting two games or so in for each of these series is that the future of the NBA is so bright. And we're seeing guys like Ja, Luca, Trey Young in New York, absolutely lighting it up. Uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton down in Phoenix going to battle with LeBron and AD. Uh, it's just a lot of fun seeing these young players. Even Jokic. Jokic's a little bit older than these guys. He's still very young, though. The MVP, MVP favorites, uh, not even 27. I mean, that's it, there's, a, there's a lot of fun things that are coming in this league, and I think that's a big theme of this first round right now. Yeah, and just you saying all that op- really opened my eyes, and it's it's kind of amazing to see just how tough it is to scout the guards in the NBA. Uh, how many – 
dynamic, you know, top of the line point guards are in the league right now that went to, you know, Murray State, Weber State for for Damian Lillard. And even, you know, it, it, it's become so much tougher. And I've seen in the college game and you're seeing in the NBA that not it's not always these number one, number two guys coming out of high school that end up being the point guards of the future. Uh, it's become a lot harder to scout these guys and it, and it becomes a lot more fun when they end up becoming who they become. So I, I always root for those kinds of guys. John Moran, Damian Lillard definitely have my uh, support going forward. Uh, looking forward to a bunch of more fun playoff matchups. Uh, we'll get into that later in the show. We'll switch gears a little bit, uh, switch on to a sport in the regular season as Major League Baseball wraps up its second month of the season. A bunch of storylines have come out that we've talked about already from the no-hitters to the unwritten rules. Uh, There's a lot of tight division battles, a lot of fun things happening in the MLB already. Dylan, what's been your thoughts on the uh, first two months of the MLB season thus far? Uh, first off, this season's just been a ton of fun so far. I don't know if that's because I've got a much uh, tighter look on it as I'm covering games and such, but I've just had a ton of fun watching baseball. Uh, from, like you said, the no-hitters that we've talked about several times, Shohei Otani has made the game a ton of fun for me to watch because for so long you're just told that doesn't happen in the MLB, and he's like, well, it sure does, and he's doing an awesome job with it. Uh, the thing that stuck out to me that I don't think – maybe on a national scale, a lot of people are talking about is the NL central, which I have, it's a special place in my heart. It's the division I keep up with the most with St. Louis Cardinals, my favorite team being in it. Um, coming into this year, I didn't know really what to expect with the central. Uh, I, in my head, I was hoping the Cardinals would be at the top and they are right now, but I mean, this is a tight division. The Cubs have shown they're, they're pretty good. They're right there game behind the Cardinals right now. The Reds are, a puzzling team. I, I can't put my finger on them because they've got a top five offense, but yet they're fourth in the division and don't have a winning record. They've got this explosive offense with Nick Castellanos, Jesse Winker, Mike Moustakis, all these guys just hitting bombs every night and uh, setting the world on fire in Cincinnati, but they can't win games. It's, it's very interesting. Both the White Sox and Red Sox uh, tearing it up. I thought that was really neat. I The White Sox kind of expected you could look at the roster coming in the year. They're like, that, that team's got a lot of talent. You got Tony LaRusso leading the way. Uh, that was kind of expected, the number one in the AL Central. Boston, I they had that rough year last year in the shortened season. Uh, and now here we are almost uh, done with the second month of the, the season. And they're 30 and 20 in second place in the AL East, which has to be one of the best divisions in baseball with the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Blue Jays, and the Rays. The Rays are in first place, and I mentioned them last. Uh, and they just went to the World Series. Um, it's just there's a lot of fun. It looks like it's going to be a lot It's going to be a lot of fun down the stretch. And we haven't even got to June. And I didn't even mention Slam Diego. That's just added a whole new wrinkle to the league. The, it's that young team down there in San Diego having a ton of fun with their great pitching and great offense. I don't know. I just I feel like a little kid watching baseball. I, I feel like that's a good thing. Uh, what have been your impressions so far through April and May? Yeah, I, I agree. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a different year, and I think a lot of a lot of that has to do with uh, the fact that the, the league is just uh, almost like the NBA playoffs. It's just so wide open. Uh, a lot of teams that you know when you look over the division standings 
maybe right now. I know there's a lot of day games going on right now, so they might be wrapping up right now. They might be a little different from when I looked at it, but most of the division leaders, if not all of them, are you know teams that you wouldn't have predicted maybe to win the division at the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, the Rays were at third at most in most of the AL East predictions. They're on top, even though they just went to the World Series. They're on top of the AL East. Uh, you've got a team like San Diego outplaying the Dodgers out in the NL West. Uh, the Twins were a dark horse World Series team with Byron Buxton, and they're one of the worst teams in the MLB now. So it's just something that it was tough to gauge some of these teams coming in, especially after that shortened season last year, and it's really showing itself now. And, and that makes it a lot of fun. You've got a lot of fan bases out there that are seeing something different than what they thought they were going to see, which is a lot of fun. I think the division I'm most focused on is that NL West division with the Giants and the Padres and the Dodgers. The Giants have been shocking, though. The Giants, uh, you know, you talk about the Dodgers and the Padres. They've got a lot of hype behind them. They've spent a lot of money on their on their payroll, on a lot of good guys. But San Francisco spent a lot of money on their pitching staff, and it worked. And they, one of the big ones was Kevin Gossman getting a, a qualifying offer. Uh, I think it was last year before the year. And it was kind of a, a rough, you know, you kind of have to overpay for pitchers sometimes. And a lot of San Francisco fans weren't happy with, uh, I think it was like $18 million he got as a qualifying offer. I mean, he has been maybe the best pitcher in the NL West. He's 5-0 and in eight starts this year, a sub-2 ERA, 1.53, just dominating in terms of, uh, and playing good teams too. He's pitched against the Mariners, he's pitched against the Dodgers. So it's impressive to see, a team like that make that division interesting because going into the season, it was a, you know, it's a two team race with the Dodgers and the Padres and we'll see how it plays out. They're sitting there tied at second with the Dodgers. The Padres are at number one. So I'm really interested to see if that NL West race is a three team race going down the stretch, because that that would be a lot of fun with those three teams with how much, uh, how many good players and exciting players they have on those teams. I think those games down the stretch in August and September would be a lot of fun to watch if they're competing for the division down the stretch. Oh, no doubt. And I, I think there's another team that's kind of gone under the radar and they're also out in California, Oakland out there leading AL West. I would have never expected that, especially with Houston and, and the angels in that division and the angels are kind of struggling. They've fallen behind Seattle in the standings, which Seattle, I've got to watch them a few times. They've got those young guys out there, clinic and uh, such. And they're, they're kind of fun. Uh, Kyle Lewis, uh, I'll be a team to watch in the future. Maybe, maybe not this year, especially having to deal with Houston and Oakland in that division. Um, but yeah, baseball's just, it just seems fun again. And it feels like we're getting, like we talked about this last week, we're getting away from some of these finicky things that, I've been held up in the past and, and we're getting back to having fun with baseball. Definitely. Definitely. We'll keep our eyes on major league baseball as the season moves forward. Give you our thoughts as these divisions get tighter and move on as the season moves forward. Uh, I know neither of us are huge hockey guys, but we wanted to give you a quick thought on our NHL playoff takes. Uh, we've been covering the NHL playoffs uh, a lot for TV sports you, Dylan, your Nashville Predators are on the brink of elimination tonight against the Hurricanes. Do you have any thoughts on the on that or the NHL playoff games in general? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I'm excited to see uh, Nashville and Carolina play tonight. Uh, hopefully they can pull it through because, as you know, in any sport, Game 7 is awesome. They've got Game 6 tonight. 
uh, pull it to a game seven, and you never know what can happen. It'll be a, a whole lot of fun. Um, like you said, neither one of us huge hockey guys. I've been trying to become a hockey guy. It's It's been something I've been trying to do. Um, as the playoffs have started, I've started to watch more. Um, I knew about Connor McDavid up in Edmonton. I was like, he's supposed to be the next guy. I was like, I'll check him out. They're playing against Winnipeg. I watched quite a few of those games. <laughs> the, the Jets were up 3-0 uh, going into game four. And I was like, all right, I'll turn this game on. I, uh, I just got done watching a basketball game. I can't remember which one it was. And the Jets and the Oilers went to overtime. And I was like, okay. It's kind of late at night. And I was like, all right, I'll just watch until this game uh, is over. Some else score a goal. It'll be exciting. Go to bed. Ends up going to three overtimes up to about 1.30 in the morning. But it was a blast. Uh, Kyle Connor scored the goal for Winnipeg in the third overtime to send Edmonton home. And it was, it was just an absolute blast. Uh, the excitement when he scored the goal and the third overtime was absolutely amazing. Uh, I mean, like looking at the like large scale of like what's going on in the NHL in this first round, there's a lot of tight series. There's been a few sweeps. Uh, we got Vegas and Minnesota going to a game seven. Then we've got, as we said, a potential game seven if Nashville can pull out a win against Carolina tonight. Yeah, like you said, and that reminded me, there's been a ton of overtime games in this NHL playoffs already. A bunch of multi-overtime games. There's that three-overtime game. I've covered at least two two-overtime games. Uh, so those are always fun, especially in the playoffs because there's no shootout. So it's just got that almost like an endless feel, but you know it can end any second. That's the uh, interesting dynamic that hockey only brings with the sudden-death overtimes. So definitely been a lot of fun to watch those games. Uh, in terms of like series that I've been excited to watch, uh, it was awesome to see the Islanders up under the, the Penguins. Uh, in my like late stages of being a hockey fan was when the Red Wings and the Penguins were battling it out. So I always am rooting against the Penguins. They were the best team in their division coming out. No one really expected the Islanders to do anything. The Penguins were, I think, uh, and I, I think I remember this, they were five and one and oh against the Islanders in the regular season. So they had no trouble with them in the regular season and then come in and lose in six games in the playoffs. That was fun to watch. The Islanders have a really passionate fan base. So excited for them to move on to the next round. I think they play Boston now, which is going to be New York Boston matchup is always fun in any sport. And then, like you said, the Minnesota wild have been amazing. Uh, they were down three to one against the Vegas Knights have won two straight. They got a shutout uh, two nights ago or last night from Cam Talbot to push the game to seven, push it to the seventh game. That series has been a ton of fun. Vegas uh, really controls the puck when they're hot and can get a lot of shots on goal. But Minnesota is definitely the more physical team. They used that in their last game to uh, outshoot Vegas. So I'm really excited to what, what it's going to be like a game seven in Vegas going to be a, a raucous environment at T-Mobile Arena. I'm excited to see that game uh, as it plays out. Uh, gotta love the NHL hockey, so we'll keep you guys updated as it gets moving forward in the later rounds, the second and third rounds, and into the Stanley Cup Finals. And we'll get into our the, this week's segment of This Week in Sports. I'm sure I don't have to tell anyone about the history that Phil Mickelson made last week, winning the PGA championship, the first 50 year old to win a major golf tournament. I think we're all filled in on what happened there and congrats to the lefty, of course, but we wanted to focus in on that last environment where, uh Oh, 
got microphone issues. There we go. Uh, we wanted to focus in on that last hole environment where the fans kind of overwhelmed the security guards, followed Brooks Kepka and Phil Mickelson to that 18th green. Uh, it was a cool moment at the time since Phil and uh, Brooks have come out and said they weren't weren't huge fans of it. Brooks, especially as he thought he um, he was worried about his injured right knee that he said got dinged uh, by a fan walking along with him. The CEO of PGA America came out, apologized to the for the poor crowd control. Dylan, just give me your whole thoughts on the, on the scenario that played out on the 18th green there. Uh, So I think when it happened, both of us, I think I can speak for you. We both thought it was just awesome. It was a very, very, very cool visual, but it's also when you hear what Phil says and what Brooks Kepka have said, it's very understanding. It's like, Hey, that's a little concerning that maybe security wasn't tight enough. Like we're, People know who we are. That That's a little concerning. Maybe we should tighten that up. But it made for such, such a cool visual. And for the year we've gone through uh, in the world, to be able to see that, just that visual in general, is just really, really cool to see. Um, it's something that just, when you see it, you know it's special. And it's it's kind of just one of those things, like, I feel like we'll see that picture um, – and like golf commercials and the the promos that get you excited for these big tournaments and uh, matches, I feel like we'll see that for a long time. Even if maybe Brooks and Phil weren't weren't crazy about it, uh, I feel like it's something we'll see uh, for a long time going forward. Uh, what were your thoughts when you saw it? Yeah, uh, definitely an awesome visual. Uh, first off, I think it's a fun thing if you can plan it out. Uh, if you have that last pairing, you know golf does that they pair the best best players at the end of the day so it gets the most fans to them uh if you can plan something like that out where there's at least enough space between the golfers and they can do that while the the final hole is wrapping up i think it's something you look into in the future because that that was a cool visual and i i think the fans enjoyed it and the fans at home definitely enjoyed it so uh if you can do that more safely then i think it's awesome uh I just wanted to say like the CEO of PGA throwing the security guards under the bus. It's like, how were they going to stop those? Like no, no, no amount of security was going to stop those fans from walking. Like it's just, they're all of the fans wanted to go with them. So that I, I didn't really think there was really much the security guards could do in that scenario. If, and it just shows like, when you have a mass of people like that all deciding to do the same thing, there's really nothing you can do to stop it. Uh, you know, so I don't think really it was poor crowd control. It was just a perfect storm of, you know, happy fans that wanted to go along with the golfers. Uh, it, I, I'm happy. Nothing poor, like nothing bad came out of it. Brooks didn't actually get hurt or Phil didn't actually get hurt. Uh, and I think if you you have a planned way of something like that, some way the security guards can hold like ropes or, or keep keep distance at least away from the golfers. I think it's something that the PGA could look to in the future because golf, as you've seen, that it's gotten more and more popular as the crowd has gotten younger and it's become a little bit more relaxed in the way that people have spectated the sport. So I think the PGA would benefit from doing things like this that just make golf more fun because that was just a fun moment oh no doubt and it's cool to hear like testimonies from brooks and phil and uh they talked about how golfers were there uh ready to welcome phil after uh 
after that last hole. And it's cool to see that it was kind of like a whole group effort between the fans and the golfers. They were, they were just as excited as the fans were to see Phil win uh, at nearly 51 years old. Um, and something I wanted to bring up that still deals with Phil, they announced Tom Brady actually announced the rematch to the match uh, just a few days ago. Uh, it'll be Phil and Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau. Um, last year, Phil and Tom Brady lost to Peyton and Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods. Uh, thought that match was a ton of fun last year. I, I'm not a huge golf guy. I'll watch. I like turning it on on a Sunday. enjoy just watching it, kind of sitting on the couch. Uh, but I remember watching all that last year. Huge Peyton Manning guy and just getting to see that, especially when that's when sports were all shut down. Uh, it was right near the beginning of COVID. Getting to see that was really cool. Sad to see it, especially uh, Phil coming off this PGA Championship, Tom Brady coming off the Super Bowl. I think I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely going to tune into that one. I didn't tune into the one last year, but I think definitely going to tune into it this year. I heard it was a lot of fun. So definitely looking forward to that. Uh, love that uh, golf can provide those storylines for us. When, when golf, those – four or five tournaments every year can provide those storylines. It's always fun to talk about. So good stuff. And as we look forward, switch gears for one final time, as we'll look forward to a bunch of key playoff matchups getting going tonight and over the weekend. Uh, we've mentioned a few of them. Dylan's Predators in an elimination game tonight. Uh, LeBron and the Lakers have game three tonight with Phoenix after winning game two. Uh, the Clippers will need to run on the road. That's tomorrow against the Mavericks to avoid falling back 3-0. Uh, those are my games on the top of my list. Dylan, what are you looking forward to most over the weekend? Well, number one for me has got to be the Grizzlies and the Jazz. Uh, that's on Saturday, game three in Memphis. Play game three on Saturday and then game four on Monday. I, I'm excited to see uh, what the atmosphere will be like at FedEx Forum because I'm not sure. I think maybe quite a few people were like me last week, like, ah, oh, it's been a good run. We don't know if we'll get to see our Grizzlies at home in Memphis again this year. And here they are coming with the number one seed in the NBA tied one, one, and if they can take one while they're uh, at home before they go back to Utah, that'd be huge. Um, I'm excited to watch uh, the Knicks and Hawks. That's, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, that's going to shift to Atlanta and uh It'll be curious. I'll be curious to see if uh, the Atlanta crowd can match what New York brought. Uh, Cause you know, they've got to be fired up seeing uh, all the attention that Madison square garden got, and maybe they can come out and show out for their Hawks. And then, like you said, Lakers Suns. it's hard not to get excited for a LeBron playoff game. Uh, we've been watching this for more than a decade. Now LeBron showing out in the playoffs, having a lot of fun. Um, it's just, and I'm just looking forward to mo- all of these games, it's it's so, so much fun watching them. Uh, seeing guys step up, uh, like Tim Hardaway Jr. in Dallas, he's been fantastic for them. And it's just like all these great things. Like Tim, they Reggie Miller was talking about it last night on the Grizzlies game. Tim saw his dad do all these great things in the playoffs growing up, and then now you see Tim Hardaway Jr. doing these great things in the playoffs. So it's just so much fun, these storylines that play out. Um and I'm curious to see where these playoffs uh, game playoff series, excuse me, will be sitting when we meet again next week. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Tim Hardaway Jr. and it just reminds me, as a Michigan fan, this is like a weird spot because it, we've had more and more guys get drafted in the NBA lately. But 
now we're really seeing them have the success. So you see Tim and Trey both in Dallas, uh, and you've got Karis was Indiana, and uh, I'm missing a huge one that I'm going to hate myself for after this. Um, yeah, Jordan Poole and Golden State. Jordan, Jordan Poole's been great, State. yeah. Yeah, but there's there's one more that I'm forgetting, but I, I'll remember it after the podcast. But as a Michigan fan, it's awesome to root for those teams, let them uh, see them flourish. And we're going to probably see a, a, at least one more with Franz, maybe Hunter, uh, if Hunter Dickinson declared yesterday. So we're going to see how that all plays out. Uh, and we'll get into more of that as we get into that NBA draft conversation, that special show coming up probably pretty soon. Uh, we'll have to let the teams uh, get their slots before we uh, figure that one out. But definitely excited for the rest of the playoffs. Uh, like I said, probably the most open first round of the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, wrapping up the first round as well this weekend. So a lot of fun stuff. Dylan, thank you again for an awesome week of fun conversations about sports this week. Uh, I know you're going out of town this weekend. I hope you have fun. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in as a reminder you, where you can catch us on social. You can catch us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore TV sports, LinkedIn and Facebook at just tunnel vision sports and on the web at www.tvsportsmag.com. This has been the TV sports radio show signing off and we will see you all next week.